0: Thanks very much for joining us for episode 24 of InTech Freight and Logistics, the podcast. I'm Kevin Baxter, and I'm joined by my co-host for this edition, InTech CEO, Rick LaGore. On this episode, it's the holiday season, which also means it's go time for retailers as they look to draw consumers looking for gifts. Let's get started. The holiday season is a key point on the retail calendar. After all, the term Black Friday comes from the idea that the heavy shopping activity puts retailers in the black. But consumer and retail behavior has evolved. So what's in store for this holiday season and how does it affect freight? Joining us to discuss is John Gold, Vice President of Supply Chain and Customs Policy with the National Retail Federation. John, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Kevin, thanks for having me.
0: So tell us about the National Retail Federation and what you do with the organization.
1: Sure. So the National Retail Federation, we're the world's largest retail trade association. We represent everybody from the small single store operators up to the large format, big box stores, online chain restaurants and everybody in between. We're a full service trade association. So we do everything from government affairs to networking to conferences. Obviously, we have our annual big show in New York in January, uh, which is our big premier event. But we do a lot of work with the retail industry throughout the year. And my role here is on the government affairs side of the house, where I handle all of our supply chain and trade and product safety related issues. So from a legislative and regulatory perspective, working on all the different issues before Congress, and the administration tied to the supply chain.
0: Great. You know, we're recording this in the first part of November but we really are already in the midst of holiday shopping season, and the NRF recently put out some projections. So what is the uh, general outlook for retail this holiday season?
1: Sure, I think the outlook is good. As you noted, we just put out our holiday projections, our sales forecast earlier this week, which anticipates that holiday spending is going to reach record levels during November and December and grow between 3 and 4% over 2022 to between nine hundred and fifty seven billion dollars and nine hundred and sixty six billion dollars. We expect consumers to spend on average eight hundred and seventy five dollars on gifts, decorations, food, and other key seasonal items. This amount is forty two dollars more than consumers planned to spend last year, twenty twenty two, which was an all time high. And it's in line with the average holiday budget that we've seen over the last five years. So, you know, despite some of the economic headwinds that we continue to see, I think we're looking at a, you know, a really good holiday season once again.
2: As you mentioned, the amount that people are going to spend is going to be more this year or projected to be more this year. Get any sense of if that is driven because just prices have gone up or is that because of they're actually purchasing more goods?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, we have seen some some prices increase. We've also seen prices come down. I think it really just depends on the product, but I think consumers are certainly ready to spend on the holidays as they've had and they're prioritizing that holiday spending.
0: Yeah, we're not really at the the peak of what we were seeing inflation-wise. I mean, really, actually, I think we're a little bit lower than we were at this point last holiday season, so so that's positive. But the growth projections, and it's noted in the release, which uh, people can find on your website, they're a little bit less dramatic. We had a couple of big jumps, especially after the pandemic started to dissipate. But how encouraging is it that, you know, we, we do still you mentioned economic headwinds, but we're still seeing some some growth in that regard.
1: Yeah, I mean I think despite the, the slower growth rate compared over the you know the past couple of years during COVID when we had, you know, trillions of dollars pumped into the economy through stimulus, this year's holiday spending is consistent with, you know, what we've seen over the past ten years. You know, we saw average holiday increases from twenty ten to twenty nineteen around three point six percent. So this year's numbers are kind of in line with that, kind of back to where we were pre-pandemic levels. But I think more importantly, the winter holidays are an important tradition for American families. And shoppers are, again, prioritizing the holiday purchases for the people most important to them. So that's why you're seeing those numbers up again as, you know, shoppers are getting ready to, to spend on families and friends.
0: So we already talked uh, a little bit about inflation. What what are some of the other obstacles that we are seeing that are keeping it from being maybe even more robust than than it's looking like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, look, there's still a lot of uncertainty going on with the economy, whether it's inflation, which, as you noted, is coming down a little bit, but we still have higher gas prices. Those are coming down a little bit. You know, Credit conditions, elevated interest rates, those are all challenges for American consumers and as well as weather. When you have a warm Christmas season, you don't have folks out buying sweaters and jackets and you know everything for cold weather. So that you know can be a, a challenge as well.
0: And uh, also noted is the sort of spending pattern that we've really been seeing for what better part of a year, year and a half, where, again, maybe partially related to the pandemic, people shifted a little bit from buying as much in the way of goods, but going more towards services. Is that something you're still seeing as well?
1: Yeah, I mean look, we saw a significant shift to, to online shopping early on in the pandemic when, you know, as we all know, many brick and mortar stores were forced to shut down because they were deemed as non-essential. And, you know, many of those retailers had to find ways to stay in business. So they certainly ramped up their their e-commerce and online online presence. While that surged early on in the pandemic, it certainly leveled off once the economy opened back up. But for this holiday season, we're certainly going to see online and other non-store sales continue increase between seven and nine percent for a total of between $273 billion and $278 billion. That figures up significantly from the $255 billion we saw last year. And as we continue to check in with consumers and do our, our surveys, you know, shopping destination trends continue to be 58% consumers plan to shop online, followed by department stores, discount stores, and grocery stores. But online certainly seems to be one of the key destinations for consumers.
0: Yeah, certainly um, online shopping has been, I mean, it was already growing plenty over the years. But that's right. When people were left with not too many choices to go out, that became uh, really an even bigger deal.
2: The question I have is you're talking about big round numbers. Is there a segment of the retail market that is is growing further? Is, are people looking at buying more clothing? Is it more electronics? What, what direction is, is the spending going?
1: I think it's all the above. We'll have more specifics on the the specific categories in a few weeks once we get more information from the consumers. But I think it's all your, your traditional holiday merchandise that you know everybody's looking at. Again, apparel, electronics, books, jewelry, healthcare. I mean, all those products are seeing rises in e-commerce sites.
0: As we just mentioned a little bit, the balance really for consumer spending that we've seen over the last couple of years definitely shifted. You mentioned all of the e-commerce that was really big during the pandemic, when people really weren't leaving the house, but when they started to be able to get out and about again, a lot of people started spending on experiences, vacations, things like that. Are we still seeing that balance tilt that direction a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think, you know, as you know, during the pandemic, we saw about a trillion dollar swing in consumer spending from services to goods, again, as, you know, as people were pretty much forced to stay home and couldn't go out and travel and eat out and everything else. But that spending is, has shifted back as consumers are back spending on travel, entertainment, experiences, sporting events, and everything else. The spending continues, but consumers are also spending on goods and products. That still remains a priority. It will certainly impact some holiday spending to a degree, as we expect consumers to spend on both goods and experiences as, as holiday gifts. But it's important to note that, again, consumers are going to continue to prioritize holiday spending. So that's why we see our you know, average number up from where it was last year.
0: On the freight side of things, you know, the freight industry has been dealing with a, a general lack of volume of goods to ship for for several months now. And uh, one of the reasons was right around that time, that dramatic shift happened when people started to go back to the services. Some retailers were left with excess inventory, something that they're starting to, I think, get a handle on a little bit more. But where does that stand now? And uh are you still seeing some retailers maybe having a little bit of hesitancy so that they don't get potentially burned again with maybe having too much?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what we saw during the pandemic was certainly something I don't think anybody's ever seen with the significant shift in consumer spending and retailers trying to make up for that and, and ordering over ordering on products. But I think you, know, you need to realize you're only going to you know, buy new TVs every so often, new furniture and things like that. I think many retailers now have their inventories back in line with where they were pre-pandemic levels. I think they've been able to level off and get the right balance. I mean, forecasting has always been a difficult job. And when you're trying to do that during a pandemic, it's even that much more difficult. But I think for the most part, you know, retailers are, are back in line with uh, where they are on inventories. The demand and surge definitely cooled. And again, back in line with where we saw during the pandemic. And I think that's recognizing kind of what we're seeing in some of the, the import levels that we're seeing as well, where you don't have the same Surge in import container volumes that we saw over the past couple of years, again back in line with kind of where we were pre-pandemic.
2: So normally that we see on the freight side, a surge at some point pre-pandemic, even it would normally occur, you know, sometime around mid-August and last, and eh, let's call it maybe a week after Thanksgiving into the first part of December. Really haven't seen that this year. Everyone's been getting their inventory in line. Do you have a sense that next year we'll we'll see a more typical pattern?
1: We certainly hope so. I mean, obviously, it's you know unclear what next year's economy is going to look like and where we're going to be. But I think in general, you know, many retailers have have made shifts in their supply chain, so they're not bringing everything in at, at one point in time. They're kind of extending out their peak shipping season, whereas you noted typically would be you know that August to kind of November run, where now they're bringing product in you know starting in June and July. And obviously, we did that this year for a variety of different reasons. There were some you know, labor challenges that that we're trying to get around, you know, labor negotiations in the ports and rail and truck. So trying to get around those issues. But I think retailers have learned a lot of lessons throughout the pandemic that, you know, again, spread it out a little bit more. So you have that consistent flow of goods, not just everything coming in at, at one point in time. But, you know, we certainly hope that we're back to quote unquote normal coming into next year. But it's you know unclear at this point in time. But I think, you know, many retailers are trying to get ahead and plan appropriately and again, make sure they're in line with where their customers are.
2: So another question I have in line with that, you mentioned some of the things that the retailers are doing in terms of bringing the product in in a different pattern that they have done previously. Have you noticed any changes in just their overall supply chain? You work on the government side based off regulations uh, along customs and nearshoring and just movement of their supply chains from, say, one country to another country to take advantage of either labor or just overall better economic ties between governments. Is, so basically what I'm trying to get down to is what are some other things that you've seen out there that uh, retailers have done to change their supply chain and what they've learned over the years?
1: Sure. I mean, we've definitely seen a, a move towards a diversification within the supply chain. And that started, you know, even pre-pandemic with the, you know, the Section 31 tariffs on China and the trade war as companies look to, to shift their supply chains and implement a, you know, China plus one strategy where they're looking elsewhere. That only got heightened during the, the pandemic because of all the challenges we saw with sourcing out of China. So companies, retailers, certainly are looking around the globe, whether that's friend-shoring, near-shoring, onshoring, They're looking at all different opportunities to figure out what makes the most sense for their supply chains, their products. But shifting your supply chain is, is not easy and takes time. There are a lot of different challenges that you face with trying to find new vendors. You know, unfortunately, nobody has the capacity that China does. So trying to make up for that is is difficult. Making sure you've got the right workforce, you've got the infrastructure in place to handle the shift in volumes, making sure you're able to do all your different technical testing, government-required testing on different products. That all takes time. It can take months or it can take years, really, depending upon the, the product. So I think retailers are continuing to take a look at that. And obviously with the current state of you know world affairs, whether it's the geopolitical situation with China or the you know, ongoing wars we have Correct. currently that are ongoing with you know, Russia and Ukraine and, and now in the Middle East, you know, retailers are paying very close attention to that and trying to make sure they're planning appropriately to mitigate any any issues that can happen within their supply chain.
0: So did those last few years, you know, leading into and through the pandemic, really, do you get a sense that retailers really did move towards a more agile stance, basically to, to try and mitigate? You know, I mean, we had a lot of shortage issues partially due to the heightened demand. But as you said, there are a lot of other factors at play. So do you have the sense uh, in the organization now that retailers really are trying to be a little bit more nimble to be able to adjust to, you know, whatever comes their way?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because I think as, as we've learned, I mean, there's always some kind of disruption that happens within the, the supply chain. I mean, obviously, what we're going through through the pandemic was something nobody, nobody had ever been through. But, you know, within the pandemic, we had other issues that were impacting and disrupting the supply chain. We had, you know, the vessel stuck in the Suez Canal. We had a vessel stuck outside of Baltimore. We had other weather-related issues that impacted supply chains. So I think retailers really are now taking this to heart and really kind of looking to make sure they have risk mitigation strategies baked in to make sure that when these issues do arise, they've got the ability to, to shift and pivot and avoid any kind of disruption in their supply chain. And the important part is making sure that they have the right vendors and suppliers and providers in place that can work with them to ensure that they can implement whatever strategy they have to avoid those disruptions.
0: And so you mentioned nearshoring. We've been talking We've had a, a couple of podcasts lately where we've been talking with folks based out of Mexico or working on solutions uh, relating to moving freight between the U S and Mexico and, uh, of course, nearshoring definitely involves Mexico, and a lot of companies are still sort of in the process of getting things up and running there. What's your sense of, of where that stands in terms of, you mentioned, a potential multi-year process?
1: Yeah, I think Mexico certainly is on the plate for where retailers are looking to ship sourcing. Obviously, Mexico is one of our largest trading partners, having the, you know, the updated U.S.-Canada-Mexico agreement. The replacement to NAFTA certainly is important. Proximity is is everything. So being able to just move product across the borders as opposed to across oceans certainly is a you know important part in cutting down on some of those logistics costs. I think again, as retailers are evaluating Mexico and other countries, again, do they fit into the mix of what the retailer is looking for and the product they're trying to shift and source? Again, skill set, capacity, all those issues are are incredibly important. So there might be certain categories where it makes sense to go to Mexico and, you know, all the categories look to to go elsewhere, whether it's somewhere else in Asia or Latin America or even Africa. So I think, you know, Mexico certainly is on the list that people are continuing to to look at.
0: So you talked about, you know, when we were talking about freight behavior sort of spreading out a little bit more in terms of not necessarily being a peak season, but just shipping throughout the year to be supplied for the holidays. And so something we also see, it seems like the, Black Friday tradition of, you know, this is the day that all the sales are has has shifted as well, where right. um, we're really already seeing even before Halloween in October, I think the start of holiday shopping season. How is that looking and, and how do how do those two things sort of intertwine?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think look, consumers are, are looking for those sales earlier and earlier. So I think that's why retailers are responding with that. But we still see Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday as big shopping events that consumers still still enjoy. I mean, you know, we certainly seen many retailers who are shifting their hours on Black Friday now to allow you know, employees to be home with, with families you know, throughout that event. So it's shifting based upon what the, the consumers are looking for. You know, we look at the, the entirety of the kind of winter holiday as a selling season. But as you know, you've got these specific events that you know, we that consumers still enjoy. They enjoy being out and going and doing shopping, whether it's in-store or online. So retailers, again, are, are reacting to what their their customers are looking for. So that's why you're seeing some of the earlier sales and spread out sales throughout the season.
0: Yeah, the I mean, the Black Friday thing is sort of the experiential shift that, again, people were kind of shut out of it for a year or two there. But it is back to something that people can go out and do.
1: Absolutely, and I think consumers love that experience. So you're going to continue to see Black Friday as a as you know a holiday event for some families.
0: So any particular tips the NRF has for for people going about their shopping this year, whether it be online, uh, in person, combination?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the best tip is probably for shoppers to, to start shopping early. I think you know retailers will have plenty of product available, but obviously the deals be coming you know throughout the holiday season. We know that consumers already started browsing and shopping for for those deals, similar to what we've seen in previous years. About forty three percent of holiday shoppers say they generally start their holiday shopping before November. You know, as we've talked about a little bit here, and the top reasons why we're seeing that is to get ahead, spread out their budget, avoid the stress of last minute shopping, and and avoid the crowds. So again, that's why retail. We're offering those deals earlier in the season to meet what the consumer is looking for. But again, you know, we like to say shop early, shop often. So I think we'll have consumers will certainly be looking to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think best late plans, right? Where you think you're going to get it all done, but there's always going to be a few things right, right at the end there. Exactly.
1: There's always those last few, few items you need when you realize, oh, I forgot this person or, you know, you see that commercial. It's like, oh, you know, my child wants that now. So it's yeah, always the last minute things you've got to get.
0: I would think part of the trending towards a little bit earlier as well might relate to the the shortages that people have dealt with in recent years as well, partially supply chain issues, things like that, where there were certain products that were a little hard to get, so if you see it, you you want to get it right
1: exactly that's absolutely right. you know I think we're we're beyond those shortages issues um I think that was, that was specific to what we saw during the pandemic and all the challenges and supply chain issues that that we we witnessed. But again, I think retailers have gotten through that and, you know, bringing product in earlier in the season, putting it up earlier in the season. So I think consumers should feel comfortable that they won't see any kind of shortage this season. But again, you know, if you see it and you know you want it, go ahead and grab it.
0: So the NRF does these projections. And then, of course, it's not that long after where you typically have uh, have the, the hard numbers to release as well, right?
1: Yeah, we'll have those. Um, Obviously, we'll have after the kind of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we'll put out some numbers. And then after the end of the holiday season, we'll put out some numbers towards the end of the year or I think early January, we'll put out the, the results from the holiday season.
0: So where can people go to find out more about the organization and to get a sense of the projections right now and, and follow those numbers as uh, as the season goes along?
1: The best place to go is our, our website, www.nrf.com. You'll see lots of the holiday information right there on the the front page, but we also have it all under our media releases as well as under our holiday data and trends. And then we do, as you guys know, all the different holidays that we look at, whether it's, you know, back to school, Super Bowl, 4th of July, Halloween, we do all, we look at all the different consumer holidays and, and, you know, spending's been up in all those holidays, which has been really good for the industry.
0: Great. Anything else you wanted to add?
1: No, again, I think we're looking for a holiday, you know, a great another holiday season and, you know, looking forward to maybe catching up with you guys again as a recap to see how things went.
0: Sounds good, John. Thanks very much for taking the time.
1: Yeah, thank you, John. Great. Thank you guys. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for joining us for InTech Freight and Logistics, the podcast. And thanks very much to John Gold for taking the time to speak with us. Check out the links in the description to learn more about everything we discussed. Subscribe or follow now to ensure you get our latest episodes as soon as they're available. And you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen. If you have questions, email us at podcast at intechlogistics.com and visit intechfreight-logistics.com for more about what we do. For Rick LaGore, I'm Kevin Baxter. We'll talk to you next time.